You're listening to Under a Red Glow, a photography podcast covering the wide spectrum of the art and history of photography with an emphasis on chemical, darkroom, and alternative-based processes. Be sure to visit us at www.underaredglow.com. And now your host, John Milliker Jr. Hello and welcome to episode 21 of the Under a Red Glow podcast. My name is John Milliker. With me in studio is my co-host and lovely wife, Christine. Hello, Christine. Hello. <laughs> what are you laughing at? We were looking at right before we, we, we started, Christine yelled at me because I was looking at the uh, I was looking at toys. The Play-Doh Kitchen Creations Cheesy Sandwich Play Food Set. It's on sale for like five bucks. If Play-Doh had made a camera style thing, what would it do? Well, considering most kids like to push things through, maybe you could have that there was a lever on it and a like silhouette or something pushed out the lens or something. Or film. Or film. Like a like a, a long noodle with uh, the, the divots on the, the corners. Kids wouldn't know what the heck that was, though. Yeah, not anymore. There is a shearing sheep toy where you put the sheep, you put the Play-Doh. I don't want to know where you put the Play-Doh on the sheep, but you turn the tail and it squirts out, I guess, wool that you can shear off. Hmm. I'm going to have to think about that. If, if, if I were the head of something at Play-Doh and I said, okay, well, I want to create a camera style toy, it'd have to be. How about pixels? How about like a, a combination of Play-Doh and Perlers, right? Because first of all, are Perlers still a thing? You know what I'm talking about, right? Those little, those little, um, the little beads that that if you if you lick them, they get sticky, and then they and then you can kind of fuse them together. You know what I'm talking about, right? I have no idea what you're talking about. <sighs> Guys, help me out. Per- perlers, Perlers. I will have to show Christina a video. Of pearl. Anyway, it's kind of like light bright, where people people do all kind of pixel art. And then they fuse them together. I, I don't know if it's water or if it's glue or you throw it in a microwave, a, a la Shrinky Dink style. I have no idea. But it then fuses those uh, those Bob's Burgers um, coasters I have. Somebody made me with, with the Perlers. But anyway, you could have Play-Doh and Perlers match up. And they can make pixels. And then kids can make like pixel art. Because that would totally screw up all the Play-Doh, and the kids would have to buy more Play-Doh, right? I mean, that's that's the whole thing. When you were a kid, did you did you mix the colors, or were you kind of were you kind of adamant about keeping all the Play-Doh colors by themselves, so that when you were done playing, you could put them back in the container without mixing them? I tended to keep them separate. I but did too. I, I was I didn't like making them mix because then you didn't have the right color when you went for it next time. Right. I mean, I mean, it's it's kind of easy when you're so old that they probably only had two colors anyway. Shut up. <laughs> I was the same way. You would get like a Play-Doh set, or actually, I don't even remember being played. I don't even remember Play-Doh sets. I remember Play-Doh when it just came in this unceremonious little container, and like they would have photos on them of like, oh, you can swirl the color. I'm like, no, I'm not swirling the damn colors. I'm keeping all my Play-Doh separate. I do remember. Remember the guy that was like, you you put the play doh in, you you squeeze him, and the, the, all the play doh came out like hair. Yes. Did you have one of them? I, had one I of did them. not have one of them, but what? I remember those. Oh my! I God. saw those. You did not have a childhood. I had like the ones where you made like food and stuff like that, like the restaurant ones. What do you guys think if play doh? If somebody came to you and said, "Okay, we're play doh," or can we even use the word play doh? We're we're doughy play stuff. And you need to make something that kids can use that's kind of camera or photography related. What would you totally do? What and what, what kind of ideas do you have? It'd be kind of cool to make a one, make a camera out of Play-Doh and use it, make it be usable. Oh, like a pinhole camera, Play-Doh camera. Because once you let it sit, it dries out and then it hardens and then it could be a real camera. Hmm, that's really interesting. I want you to do that. Find one of these Play-Doh Christmassy Cyber Monday Black Friday sales and get yourself some play doh and make a pinhole camera. I know the canisters probably would. The canisters are they're they're yellow though, right? Yes. Too bad they weren't and they're red. see-through. Yeah, too bad they weren't red because you could do like orthochromatic stuff. Yeah. Orthochromatic being film or paper that does not see reds. Therefore, when you see all these weird shows that that show 
uh, show people in the red light, that's because the, the papers didn't, didn't see red. So therefore, you could see red. The paper wouldn't see red and all that fun stuff. Mm. So what's going on other, other than, than just totally drooling over the cool kid stuff nowadays? Well, it's December, so the holidays are here. So we're busy coming up with gifts for everyone and uh, for each other and for all the important people in our lives. You totally wanted the shearing sheep toy, right? No. I'll take that out of my cart. Damn. Thought I had something good for you for the Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh, by the time this comes out tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, no, uh, no uh, we're actually recording one day early, so... For for everybody, it will be Tuesday, and and our Patreon supporters will get this on Friday. But tomorrow night is the start of start of Hanukkah. Yes, very cool. And um, then uh, then yeah, Christmas and New Year's, and then the slow march to spring. Because I hate winter. And and yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully we we escape the inky black darkness that is winter as quickly as possible because I'm not a fan. Yeah, we can get away from the cold. Mm-hmm. I like spring. Spring is cool. Anyway, but uh, but yeah, um, not much not much else really to talk about. We thought that we would uh, we thought we would talk about and it's kind of it's kind of almost too late, right? It's kind of almost too late talking about last-minute gifts for photographers or for people that might like photography kind of stuff, right? Almost, but not quite. Almost. I guess we have some last-minute kind of kind of stuff. But um, but let's get into that. I, I want to talk about that. Uh, I do want to uh, remind people again that, that we have a uh, – we've come up with a subscription-based kind of photo of the month service that really, that really mirrors our Patreon – supporter tiers and for more information on that go to underaredglow.com go to johnmillicker.com and uh, and it's it's on the it's on the front page or go to our, our facebook page or whatever we got it a couple different places but speaking of gift giving that's how that started that started because we had some people come to us and say hey i would like to give give your patreon sub- subscription to to a friend or a family member or a loved one in case you don't love your friends and family members i guess and Patreon said they didn't do it. They didn't do it at all. So that's why we created kind of a, a separate kind of subscription service. And we've got, uh, in addition to Patreon, because I can't even give people, like, I can't even have somebody buy a subscription service and then give them, like, give them access to Patreon. It's so weird that the Patreon supporter-only posts are Patreon supporters only. I can understand, but I can't. So we have we have the Patreon, we have a super secret Facebook group that you would get invited to, or your gift recipient would get invited to, and we we've po- we've posted a lot of stuff. We post recipes, we post notes, we post experiments that we normally wouldn't post. So if you have anybody in mind that likes photography or art or history or all three, consider consider it. Maybe getting them a couple months subscription to either either Patreon or our subscription based service. And I think the base the base of that is twenty dollars and gets them six months of the postcards and then access to all of our all of our behind the scenes and kind of supporter subscriber kind of stuff, right? Okay. Right. Well that's 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 my plug right there. <laughs> Everybody that subscribes by um I'm gonna say Friday, December eighteenth, because this will go live to people that are are not supporters on Tuesday the I don't know, 12th, 13th, 14th, Tuesday the, oh, 15th, Tuesday the 15th, this will go live to everybody. Anybody who subscribes by this weekend, Friday the 18th, 19th, maybe 20th, um, they're going to be getting, no matter what supporter tier they are, as long as they are $3 or $3 a month or more that are getting our postcard and that are getting our, that, that have, have given us their, their address, we're sending out a, a holiday card and very early, early, early cyanotype print that we're working on for a spring release. And it's only available to you guys until probably about spring, and then we'll put it and we'll put it online for, sa- for sale. But uh, I'm really excited about it. It's something that we worked on while we were in uh, at the beach for, for Thanksgiving. So no matter what tier you are, as long as you're in a 
uh, in a reward tier, which is $3 or more a month, you will get the holiday card. In addition to your, your normal uh, your normal supporter reward, you will get a holiday card from us. And inside that holiday card, we're going to give you a, uh, a very early, early access cyanotype print that we're working on. Okay. I think that's, I think that's enough of that. Okay. What do we want to talk about? Well, today we're going to talk about gifts for photographers. And we're I, so hard to workshop for. We are, we can be, but yet at the same time, sometimes it can be easy. If someone's just beginning, it's really easy. But if it's someone who's been doing it for a while, it gets harder and harder. I want that $13,000 Petsful lens. Petsful lens? Yeah. I'll t- I mean, hey, I'll, hey, if you're buying, if you've got the credit card out anyway, I'll take the 400 to 8 image stabilized one the lens as well. But uh but yeah, I love I love that that big expensive eBay Petsful lens. Just um, FYI. S- sorry, dear. Santa. I- Santa just FYI, I've been I haven't been really good this year. I'm sorry. Maybe next year. Maybe next year it's something I can strive for. I thought it would be more like the 400 or 500 millimeter. You know, I mean, as uh, we've always talked about as much as we as much as we love photography from from start to finish. Yeah, I don't know. I I definitely want the the reach out and touch your lens, the 400 or 500. But uh yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, even the most established uh, photographers have lenses that they would like, but those are usually outside the range of what people are buying. Yeah, friends and family don't love you that much. Well, at least that's my at least that's my my uh, my experience. Maybe your husband or wife would help you get it, but otherwise. <laughs> well, let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about something. Do we want to go? Um, do we want to talk more about? Do we want to? Do we want to talk digital? I mean, uh, you know, this is kind of something that you came up with. Do you want to talk digital? Do you want to talk? alternative process, darkroom. Well, what do you want to start with first? That's probably the easiest would be digital photographers, right? Do we want to start with digital photographers? We can start with digital. I think I do. Okay. Well, for digital photographers, it depends on how established they are. But some very basic things. Um, most photographers need a variety of camera bags. So that's a good place to start. Um, would you... Now, here's the thing I don't like. I don't... I, we've... Both of both of our parents. What do you want for what do you want for Christmas? Oh, just get us gift cards. No, I'm not doing gift cards. But the problem is with photographers, sometimes I would sit there and say, in addition to knocking stuff over, I would sit there and say, the photographer really needs to pick the camera bag. You That's know? true. So the, the camera bag becomes one of those things where you can't just say, okay, well, I'm going to surprise this person with the camera bag because there are camera bags out there that I wouldn't be caught dead in because they just don't, they just won't work for me whatsoever. And you never know what the person already has. That's true. So is, is a, is a gift card okay here? I still am not a fan of gift cards though. Same, but sometimes the photographer just needs money because they either want that really expensive lens that they've been saving for and just don't quite have the money for. Or they've already bought it. Or they've already. payments. <laughs> or stuff like that but then there are for well there's always things like t-shirts or jewelry or cups that are quirky but fun the quirky t-shirt with the aperture ring on the front or something or the cup that's the lens of the like if it's a canon shooter the canon lens or the nikon lens or speaking of 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 clothing I guess it really depends on their activity level because I love those convertible pants, kind of those hiking pants. You know, maybe get them some some nice, easy clothing with a bunch of pockets to to go out and and photograph more. I love the convertible pants that zip that zip off, and it reminds me of going to Albuquerque, where in the morning you're freezing your butt off, and then by by noon, uh, you're you're shedding clothes left and right. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if photo vests are hip anymore. Do you remember when every photographer had a photo vest? Yes. I don't see them much anymore. Well, people have a lot of other gadgets and gizmos or photo bags or mo- m- many people are moving towards the smaller cameras or just using their phones, which I don't like, but I mean to each their own. 
Yeah. I mean, you got to shoot what you have. So sometimes the cell phone's all you have. So that's what you shoot. But I mean, a photo vest. I don't know. I've got a, a dump key. I think I've got a dump key that I really like. It's got the, the the sleeve zip off, which is nice because it works as a photo vest, photo sweatshirt kind of thing. And I love it. I, I love being able to put a, you know, kind of it's got that pocket in the back for a reflector. Now, as much as I say I love it, I can't tell you the last time I've used this, the thing. But um, But when I can remember just being able to have so many things in pockets. And if you're working... If you're working, let's say, an event or you're working a wedding or you're working something where you really you really can't put your camera bag down because you need, you know, you need everything kind of on you to stay secure. And I I've there have been plenty of times where we've we've gone through an airport with with just everything in our in our pockets. Yeah. Uh, Band. We've we've done that so many times where, you know, we're, we're trying to fly just somewhere quick on the cheap and we don't want to check any bags. And I remember having, you know, as soon as you get everything out for, for, you know, the security checkpoint, you can put it all back in your, in your pants pockets and and everything. And and I've, I've done that more times than I can, I can count. But um, yeah, I don't know. I I guess it really depends on what the person, would you rather have a, a camera bag or a vest? If you were only, let's say you were going out and you only needed one or two lenses. I mean, sometimes having, well, sometimes the bags get in your way. Like we have the different straps that allow you to hold more than one camera, which always came in handy at certain events. Yeah. And some places you're not allowed a bag. So yeah. then stuffing your pockets is really convenient. See, that's why it's difficult. That's why I find it difficult to, to recommend a bag or or a vest. I, I, it really depends on the person. And the weirdest, the weirdest thing is, is people as they get through, as they they get through their their training and their life with photography, they may or may not stick with one thing. I mean, Christine and I have a room full of just camera bags that are practically brand new. We've used them once or twice, and then, oh, well, you know, that didn't really work out for us, or it works out for this situation, but not ninety percent of the other situations. Right. That's kind of weird. So, um, so that's a possibility, but make sure that's something they can return. Ideally, maybe, and you know, hopefully if you've got a local camera store, you know, camera bags are just like, just like camera bodies. When somebody asks me, what camera do I want? You know, hold, hold the big name cameras in your hand and, and find out what works the best because, you know, at, at this point you're, you're not really going to go wrong no matter who you choose. But I think the same thing with camera bags. It's it's try to find a place that you can go, you can take the person to say, hey, bring your bring your camera gear. We're gonna find you a, you know, we're gonna find you a bag and let them let them put their camera gear in, in a couple bags and see what they like the best because that's what we did when we first started out, and we didn't know. I mean, you look at, you go to any any big online store, you're not gonna know what, what the size of a real bag is. And you can guess, but it, yeah. it, sometimes it's hard. It is, absolutely. It's very hard. Hmm. Um, what well, else? if we're talking about digital, uh-huh. sometimes um, small multi-tools, like, you know, having small screwdrivers on you. I'm glad you said that. Every photographer can use a couple things. The cleaning cleaning stuff, good good cleaning stuff, like maybe a lens pen, some lens wipes, you know, some of the, the, the solvent. And then I'm really happy you said that because that was on my notes for having the tools necessary to put together a kit that is going to tighten or, or loosen whatever they need to hit. Right? Right. And and that, that goes into Torx wrenches and, and Allen wrenches. And the thing is, is that's another thing because you don't know what kind of a tripod system they have, monopod system they have. I've I've been lucky because... I was able to find, I think it's a Husky brand, and it's one of those kind of short, stubby screwdrivers that have the bits, and I was able to buy bits that would fit. You know, they, they all they all fit the same thing, but I was able to find bits that would go in the screwdriver that no matter what I need, I've got I've got with me, and we we like Manfrotto tripods, so they 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 use a certain kind of a key, a certain kind of a little wrench, and we we have it. 
And we even have those for our, our film cameras too, don't we? Yes. So that's so that's always something you can you can use, right? Right. Mm. Um sometimes you just need portable batteries if it's someone you know that doesn't have that stuff. Ooh. Um you know, you you might need to charge your camera batteries on the go or USB charger for in the car. Um those can come in handy. You know something we bought we bought this year. And I was surprised that our our Nikon D850s had it, but somebody there's a third party that makes a USB charger for the internal camera battery. And we went to Spruce Knob. I mean, we blew through it. We didn't blow through it because we were aware of our battery life, but our big batteries, we actually had to go down the mountain and charge those. Remember that? Yeah. And we didn't have we didn't have USB or car chargers for our big battery grip batteries for the D850. But when we got home, I had found a third-party USB charger for the internal batteries. And what else did we buy? We bought the we bought a nice solar panel. Yeah. These were like $80 solar panels, and both her and I got one, and we were able to keep our USB storage banks topped up. And then on top of that, we were able to charge some of our other batteries, like our GoPro, our... DJI a pocket. I, I had my I had my little uh, Mavic drone with me. We were able to charge everything except for the darn camera batteries, but now we can. Right. That was really good. That's 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 something I like. I like being able to be off the grid. So so that's another thought is make sure they've got USB chargers. In addition to USB chargers, what else? The the cables and the adapters for it, right? right. That's uh that's something else because you don't know what kind of what kind of stuff they're powering. USB C, USB mi- and micro, ugh, USB mini. I mean, there's still a f- couple things out there that still take the USB mini connector. Uh, or if they're Apple, it's uh, I think it's Lightning. I think it's a Lightning Lightning connector. But there are so many things, and and one of the things that we love, and and maybe what I'll do is I'll I'll share this to the the Facebook group. I'll take a photo of it, and uh, we bought these little little zipper. Cordura cases and it's got a really super slimline USB charger it's got a couple cables in it and it's got the adapters to go to anything from anything USB-C to, to micro I don't think I have a mini in there because we don't have any mini stuff anymore but we also have USB 3 and we also have um, the lightning connectors in there too don't we? I think so just in case we don't, we don't do Apple stuff but just in case right? Right just in case someone needed to borrow it yeah, so that's that's a really cool and thoughtful gift, I think, for anybody, not even not just photographers, right? Because, and and the thing's got like a little little clip on it, doesn't it? Yeah, we just you I know think so. we go somewhere, we just clip the sucker, and uh, and go, and you're never without something, huh? That's pretty cool. One other thing that almost all digital photographers need is backup drives portable and for at home because you don't want to have all your photos saved just on your one computer and then have it go it die on you and then there goes all your photos that would be kind of like me buying you for for christmas a vacuum cleaner or a dishwasher it depends because that sounds so boring oh you got me something that i need to have that i don't like doing i know i got to do it but that that would be probably the, the that would be as as terrible of a gift as uh, you buying me a a a new new men are a little bit different they love tools and I tell you what I love our vacuum cleaner it's one of them Dyson things with all the the crazy power and stuff I love running that thing so men I don't I think are a little bit different but but it'd be kind of like I don't know well. You can't just say that, though, because the thing I want that's on my list that I want the most are the two drives that have been on my list for three years now. Really? Real hard drives? Okay. But um, only because my current ones are starting to fill, fill up, mm-hmm. and I want new ones just in case. Okay. I can understand that. But it just it just seems it's not fun. It's not fun. It's necessary, but it's not fun. Well, not everything you need is necessary. Yeah. I, I mean, is, is fun. Sometimes you have to get what you need. I want fun. Most of the time, I get you the fun stuff. <laughs> anyway. Um, memory cards. See, that's a, again, I... 
I don't know. I mean, we went from a system where we had so many backup memory cards and we had so many. And now we have one of each. Yeah, I guess. Well, and we have yeah, two, we have, it automatically backs up. We have two of each. Two of each. But the thing but... is, it's one one at a time because, yeah, these, these new memory cards, they're so big. And, and I, I don't like filling them up. I, I want to kind of split them up and, and make sure I've got my backups going. But, but yeah, you got one of each. Um, I don't know. It just, sounds, it just sounds boring to me. You know what else sounds boring? Lens cleaning cloths. All the lens cleaning stuff, it does sound boring. It's necessary. But I would, I would think that'd be, that'd be along the line of a hard drive or a memory card. Okay, I know i got to clean my camera. I know i got to keep it clean. I know i got to do this. I know i got to do that. Lens cleaning cloths. Woohoo! <laughs> but they're necessary. You I can't know. take a clear photo if your lens is all smeared. You know what else is necessary? Putting on deodorant every day. I don't have to like it. <laughs> Actually, I kind of do like it because you got me this. You got me this deodorant that has a weird smell to it. I can't remember what the what the brand name is, but uh, I like the smell. Okay. So there you go. Congratulations! You got me to wear deodorant. I wore deodorant. You always wore it anyway. Um, how about how about things for digital photographers that like shooting certain things? Like, let's say they like shooting. Let's let's let's, let's use you as an example. Like Star Trails. What are some things that they can do? You can get somebody that that likes that kind of stuff. Well, I can think of the expensive things, but um, a simple thing, a headlamp with a red option. Why red? Because red doesn't ruin your nighttime vision as much. Right. And if you go out somewhere where there are people out there to look for stars and you brandish a a non-red headlamp, you will get thrown in the lake. <laughs> you won't get thrown in the lake, but people are like, hey, what are you doing? Because your your eyes, it's it's something to do with your eyes and the and the the cones and the doodads in your eye. Apparently, red is less damaging to your night vision. So whatever, but that, but that's a good idea. And when warm warming stuff, you know, one of the one of the things that we like is those uh, nice nice shooting gloves that maybe have the finger that that pops out, so you can still operate your operate your dials and doodads on your camera. Or the fingerless, but fingerless. yeah, sometimes if it's only hand the, warmers, the thumb or the pointer finger, it's I saw, more convenient. Do you remember the Zippo lighter hand warmers that use the butane? So you ha always had this thing in your pocket that was burning, but it was it wasn't burning. It was kind of just smoldering. But it was a heater that used butane. Do you I, remember those? No, I don't know if it was butane or lighter fluid, but uh, man, those things are old. Well, I saw a new version, which is a lithium ion battery that uses the lithium ion battery heat in your pocket. Nothing scares me more. When you lithium, you're shorting out a lithium ion battery for its heat, that scares the hell out of me. Because those lithium ion batteries, man, they you look at them wrong and those things go crazy. I don't know, dear. <sighs> Better than a flame in your pocket though. I guess. At I least guess. in my opinion. How about how about uh is a camera strap a nice gift? I mean some people like them. Some people like to personalize their stuff and make it easy to tell them apart. Okay, so a camera strap, as long as it maybe is kind of a custom, cool camera strap. Yeah. Not the, the, just usually any. The, the problem with that is usually the custom ones are like the real basic ones. Like somebody's got an Inkaloom and is making them on Artfire or Etsy. But the, but the good ones, the good ones, the padded ones with the... With the clips and the clamps and the and the doodads, usually the ones are that are that are more boring. But I like them though. I I whenever we first started doing this, and you, uh, that was a perfect gift for me when I first started. Yeah, that that's a good beginner's gift. You know what's kind of cool with with film cameras though? It's it's those old retro looking camera straps. Yeah, the yeah. like multicolored. Yeah. Woven ones. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Yeah. With mm. the leather ends. Yeah. The leather ends and the really simple, you know, no, no clips and clamps. They just go right on the camera. That's, that's kind of when I'll use one for a, for photography. If it's, if it's like a film camera or something funky like that. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's get on from that. Uh, we already talked about cold weather, warm weather, 
I mean, just just stuff comfortable. Uh, if they like hiking, something that you know. How about backpacking gear? Like, well, not necessarily back, but like day like day packing gear. Like maybe a Camelback, a nice Camelback bag that they can put uh, their lunch. They can put plenty of water in. Maybe maybe snake a couple batteries in there and go go hiking nature. Or maybe a map to some nice locations that they've always talked about going to but haven't been to yet. How about a local park membership? Oh, that would be nice, That too. would be pretty cool. Um, yeah. A local interest area, I'm trying to think. Sorry. Thanks, dear. <laughs> thought I smelled something burning. Uh-huh. I understand what you're talking about, like a like a places to visit, kind of like how our, our area has, oh, here's all the covered the covered bridges. Here's all the lighthouses. Here's all of this. You know, you know this person so much better. What do you think they would like photographing? Right. What have they photographed so far, maybe with their cell phone or with a point and shoot camera, or they just bought a brand new camera and they like shooting this stuff. Get, get them, get them some information, those places. Uh, how about, how about a camera club? Camera club membership. That camera would be a club one. membership. We gave, we gave away one to our local camera club to a family member this year. That's I can't imagine something better, right? Subscribe them to get them, get them, find out what they like, find out some photographers they may like, and go on Etsy and find out if those photographers have any zines or have any kind of uh, prints here and there, or m- maybe they've got a little. Uh, like I said, we talked about Patreon, our Patreon. Several photographers have Patreon. Give the person some. It's so weird that Patreon doesn't allow you to give gift cards, but give the person some money towards okay i'm giving you this because i want you to put a couple dollars to this this these three creators because i think you're going to really learn from what they have to say or sometimes there are books out there from about uh from people or who could everybody loves books about photography yeah Uh, if they're again if they're beginners there's some really good books out there we we always recommend for for beginners, uh, Brian Peterson, learning to see creatively and understanding exposure. If people can't do a workshop or they can't do a uh, a live class or something, we highly you know we always recommend those books. Those are nice books, but the problem is they give you you know Brian Brian gives you some some things to do, and you've got to you know hey try this try this try this understand. Understand what background compression is. Understand what exposure. But you need to do that. It needs to be someone that's kind of enough of a self-starter that that they need to do that, right? And that they'll actually do the assignments because that's where you're going to learn. Absolutely. How about props? Yeah. Uh, Christine, she she likes macro, so she's got so many of these little HO scale people, and she'll she'll take a small collection of them somewhere, and she may put them on a flower or put them on a park bench or put them somewhere. And, and just get creative ideas with them. Um, something that we took with us on our trip a couple days ago, we went down to Southern Maryland, and something we took with us, but we didn't get a chance to use it, um, I took a, 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 a lens ball. It's a crystal, perfect sphere of a ball. And, you know, I usually take either a, I, I like antique bottles. If I can't, if I can't put this ball somewhere in, in, in nature that that guarantees i'm not going to scratch the heck out of it i'll put a i'll take a nice antique bottle and kind of set it up on the on the neck oh they're they're cool um what are their photo props like more interesting glasses interesting bottles like you were saying um especially if we go into another lockdown kind of situation stuff cool stuff to photograph indoors is going to be awesome Right. How about these little, how about getting somebody, what was it, for like a hundred bucks, you can get two LED light strips and maybe a like, you know, little, you know, tabletop sized infinity wall. And what an infinity wall is, it's a, it's either, either a piece of cardstock or a piece of plastic or a piece of whatever that has a little bit of a bend in it. You can put it on the, on your, on your desk and then it goes up the wall and there's no seam there. So people can go ahead and photograph still lifes or macros or things like that. But, you know, may, maybe if we keep going in a bad, a bad direction into 2021, maybe that's, that's the hot gift of the season for photographers. 
Or the photo boxes, like we have a couple of. Those yeah, a few photo be, boxes, right? Th- those would be interesting for small still lives or, again, the macro. The only problem I don't like with the photo boxes is that the lights seem very, very static. Yeah, you can go in there and move them around a little bit, but you really don't have good... Adjust, you really don't have a million different options to adjust these lights. Right. Ideally, if it's someone who's who's just starting out, yeah, the photo boxes are okay. Or if it's someone that just doesn't care about too many lighting situations, yeah, photo box is great. But the problem is, is if it's someone that that you think may be it, it has it has an interest in lighting, wants to learn lighting, wants to kind of dive into it and try this and try that and not this but not that. I would I would recommend something with an open sides, something you can open the sides up and just light, just light yourself. Right. I think that would be a, a good good way to go. If if again we can go back to m- macro photography, you can do geodes or little stones or oh, yeah. little plants or, I mean, there's a million different things you could get somebody that would be interesting to shoot, and you could get different angles and do different things with seashells. Um. Get a light box and put it beneath the the seashells, or and just do different angles. Or, well, this is more of what people can buy other people. So if if I if I buy you a center cut seashell, and if you've never heard of a center cut seashell, these things are so cool. People, I guess they use a water jet, but they cut down the seashell, and then you only get the inside. You get like a small layer of it, so you can see perfectly through it with all the intricate innards and everything. Um, but the thing is, is that that's still stuff you can buy people, you know, buy them, as Christine said, a light, a light box that, and then a lot of cool things that they can shoot through. Um, we have, we have friends that, that love all kinds of glassware, anything glassware, and you can fill this glassware up with, with different colored liquids or sands or just leave them empty. And that's really cool, like macro-ish still life. Even You don't even need to do macro. And even once you get into the alternative processes, put it on your paper and see what you get. Yeah. That can be interesting. Speaking of, do we have any more any more thoughts on digital photography? Think, uh, reflectors would be the only other thing we haven't talked about. Yeah, reflectors. But, that, I mean, those almost, always come in handy. That almost borders along the lines of, like, hard drive for me. Light cards. I mean, you know, water, white balance. 18% I mean, but, gray? Yeah. yeah. Th- those just come in handy, and so many new people don't have them. Yeah, that's true. And then they wonder why they can't get their colors right. Hmm. So for a beginning photographer, that's a good idea. Yeah. How about, how, about, how about alternative? How about we have people out there that, that either, either are interested know someone's interested or maybe someone who is a digital photographer may not or may not know yet that they're interested in alternative stuff. What are some options for them as well? And I honestly, I'll, I'll start because I think one of the coolest things a digital photographer can do that may sit there and say, I'm never going to get into a chemical. I'm never going to get an alternative process. I'm never going to get in a dark room. I'm never going to get into that. And you're never going to get me there. Get them some nice, nice watercolor paints or pencils. Now, typically, photographers are terrible painters and drawers. I know this because that's why I'm a photographer, because I can't draw a stick figure to save my life. And that may not be true for everybody, but for me, it absolutely is. But to be able to print one of my photos in black and white and then colorize it, that is cool. Well, hand coloring, so hand you coloring can is do so... markers, watercolor paints, pencils, colored pencils. I mean, there's so many options. You can even use crayons yeah. or or colored chalks. You can use anything. The, the, the camera E4A, which is the Afghan box camera, if you've never seen a video on this, this old, long, lost photography in, in India, they um, there's a video out there where someone, you know, if they, they photograph you, on black and white paper and then inside the camera they put their hands in there and they can actually develop it and fix it real quick and then they take the picture and they photograph the picture and of course a negative times a negative equals a positive and therefore they've got a positive black and white photo of you and then they were using like this kite paper 
they they were trying to translate it and they said this is this is tissue paper they use to to make tissue kites and they were so many different vibrant great colors and they were they were rolling this kite paper up and dipping it in a little bit of water and the and the the pigments were coming out and they were making these beautiful hand colored prints using this this just delicate tissue paper it was amazing absolutely amazing if I can find that video, I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. That would be cool. Um, some other things for alternative photographers, papers, different papers. I mean, you can never have enough watercolor paper. Um, if people want to start with anthotypes and don't want to deal with blending up things, get some, some cheap construction paper. Yeah, and they can try that. Fa- one of our favorites. Um, homemade papers. That That's- can add a lot of variety or something different and that's something you can do for digital photographers as well is is get them i know uh what is it red river red river paper has like a sample kit and that's a lot of fun to to play with and and find a couple of those of those papers and the finishes that you may like because you know if you've listened to us for for any time at all you know that the photographer the photograph doesn't stop at the at the click it, it it travels on and becomes important all the way to the presentation and the uh, the presentation that the photographer has given to the viewers. But uh, but as Christine said, you, you know you've you've got several different. But I'm more of a I'm more of a fan of if if I were to give you colored pencils, you're not going to get it. You're not going to understand what I'm going to say. But sit there and and there's some there's some great hand coloring books online, and you can get so many of them on the on the on the big A store, on the big eBay store, you can get so many of these awesome hand coloring books out there. But I'm a I'm a big fan of putting a kit together by myself for somebody. Because that way you can you can really aim for their strengths or what they like or what they don't like. But the thing is get them some water, get them some watercolor paints and some watercolor pencils. And I don't know how these watercolor pencils work except that I know that it's like like a dried watercolor pencil that you can then hit with water and then it dissolves and blends and all kinds of junk i don't know how that stuff works i when i water when i hand color i like oils better but i know people that like doing that stuff and that is such an easy way to get people into it because it's like it's like painting a velvet elvis oh my god is that dated is that a dated (laughs) reference it's like painting a velvet elvis where you get this piece of velvet and you get all these these areas that are numbered. And you just, as long as you paint the number, paint by number. Paint by number. As long as you paint by number, you've got a perfect, well, the same thing. You, you're basically making yourself a. Your own paint your by number. Your own paint by number, basically. Or your own coloring book, kind of. You know, you print out a print out a landscape and paint the sky blue and the, and the grass green. And there you go. It's, it's kind of hard to screw it up. Now, of course, I. I would probably screw it up, but it's kind of hard for the for the majority of people to screw that up. But man, that would be I would love that. I would love to get a book. Of course I have them already cuz I don't I don't need it now, but when I first started, I would have loved to have gotten a book, maybe some um maybe some water some papers for my digital printer, uh, my 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 inkjet printer that I can print that would also be kind of watercolors or matte that I would be able to hand color pretty easily. That would be so cool. Absolutely cool. Uh, how about cyanotype? You know, you can go online and get sunprint paper. Or just kits that have the chemicals in them already. Well, it depends. Is the is the person going to look at a kit and say, mm, no, I'm not going to do that? Or are they going to take a look at paper that's already ready to go? And, you know, it it's it's tough. It's so tough because you may come up with this perfect gift for somebody, and they're like, "Yeah, no." But my, I'll give you, I'll give you a story. My father, father loves hot sauces. Wherever he goes, he buys me a bottle. He buys us, let's say this. He buys him, and he buys me a bottle of like whatever hot sauce they get when they when they go traveling somewhere. He likes cooking, and my father's the kind of person that sits there and says, "Oh, you want? Do you want the recipe? Okay, well, I throw a handful of this in, and then I put some of this. In. Oh, how much? Uh, I don't know." My father just just wings it. So I thought, okay, what's better than one of those DIY hot sauce kits, right? What happened to that? He would not do it. He wouldn't do it. He gave it to me, 
and I made it all up. So I, of course I bought it for him, kind of like buying buying uh, Marge a ball with uh, a bowling ball with the with Homer written on it. But I made the I made what I bought him, and I gave him the majority of the hot sauce. All the all the nice bottles I put I put good hot sauce in, and I kept a couple plastic bottles for myself. And it's just it, it's it's no rhyme or reason as to what what people are going to do or not. So you really kind of need to figure out: is that person going to take this cyanotype kit, add the water to it, mix it into a little thing, half and half, and then use a brush, or do, should I just should I just buy the buy the damn sunprint paper and let them get started? And then if they like it, then we'll we'll do the things. We we have the same thing with a couple of the kids in our family. You know, they love it when uh they love it when Christine, you know, helps that gets everything out and helps them, but would they do it themselves? No, absolutely not. I just don't think so. Uh you also have Inko dye. If it's someone that that may like this kind of stuff that uh, that does anything with with textiles or fabrics, Inco dye, I think that's what it's still called, right? Solarfast, Jacquard, or is it? It's I think it's Solarfast now, isn't it? I don't know. I bought a bottle of it about a year ago, which is only good for so long. I'm gonna do a search for Solarfast. I guess it's not called Inco dye, or was Inco dye a different? K O D Y E Inco dye. Yeah, everything for Inco dye comes up with Jacquard, J A C Q U A R D, Solar Fast. And they have several different colors. It's it's very similar to Cyanotype where you 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 paint it on, you expose it, and all the places where sunlight hit, it stays dark, and where sunlight didn't when you when you rinse it, it kind of rinses out. But the problem with Oh, here's Inco dye, Lumi, Lumi Inco dye. Anyway, the problem with these is it's the most sensitive when it's still damp. So then you become to, you start to talk about a problem. It's like, okay, well, you may be destroying a negative that you've created or or you may destroy a, a feather or a piece of lace or something you're using. And then you can use like you can use like plastic wrap or something. But uh, but Inco dye and and the solar fast stuff is cool because it's mostly made for fabrics and textiles. So if you've got someone that likes making their own t-shirts or someone that likes quilting or someone that just is handy around a sewing machine, uh, man, that would be a cool, that'd be a cool thing to get them, get them a pack, get them a couple different colors of that. And, uh, and, and see, um, some other things to get would be brushes, different sizes, different firmness. Oh yeah. Um, got, got to, because, you know, it, one of our big safety things is you never use the same stuff that you've mixed chemicals in, right? Right. So brushes, trays. So you need different brushes for each process you're doing. Um, trays. Trays always come in handy to rinse things. Now, they don't need to go out and get darkroom trays. No. Um, you can use Pyrex glass containers, mm-hmm. but make sure that they're ones you're never planning to use for food and find a way to mark them. Okay. Different, you said different brushes. Foam brushes work well, and then also the nice, uh, the nice golden bristle. Well, I don't know what the golden ones were called. I can't remember, but the golden bristle brushes. Is it the Hasaki? No, that's the Hawk. The Hake. H a k e. The Hake. The Hawk. Heki. Hockey. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce it. But the the Japanese brushes where it's just kind of a a wooden paddle and it's brushes in the middle and they're kind of sewed together. That's that. I'm talking about the golden ones that we have for our our uh, oxalic. Cyanotypes, okay. but those those are so many different things. But I wouldn't go too crazy. I would just go to like if you if you build a little kit for somebody and you buy them sunprint paper or a, or a cyanotype kit and inco dye or solar fast or whatever, go to a go to the art or craft store and maybe get them a little tray that they can use to rinse. Get them a couple brushes because a lot of these cyanotype kits don't come with brushes anyway. But um. Yeah, just just get them something because that's the that's kind of one of the worst things to happen as a kid. You get something cool, and then you don't have the battery for it, or you need this, or you need that, and then you know you open up a present or you open up a gift, and you're you're really kind of getting into it, and you just just never happens. Kind of sucks. Yeah. What else? Well, well, you can do oil paints, or we already talked about watercolor paints. 
Or, but for, for hand coloring, right? For hand coloring. You could do that on cyanotype too, right? Right. You can mix. So like if you make the cyanotype and then you want to do something with some reds or some yellows or something, you hand can color. hand color the rest of it or add add contrasting colors. How about film? How about film camera? What if somebody wanted to get into film photography or you, you wanted to get them something simple and cameras? I remember I was just talking to a, a I was talk, talking to a new friend this week. And I, we were talking about, I remember when I used to go on eBay and I would buy a lot of cameras. A lot as in, you know, maybe six, seven, eight, nine, ten cameras. And it was so cheap. I would pay more for the shipping than the cameras usually. Well, now cameras are, are, just, are just outrageously expensive. So now I kind of recommend people go to like maybe KEH or Adorama or B&H, somewhere where they've got not only a cameras that that have been tested, but you can get somebody a camera that they don't have to struggle with because that would be the worst thing is to get a camera, get some expensive film, and then the camera doesn't work or the camera jams and it ruins the film or the camera, you know, whatever. But the thing is, is if you want to get somebody a nice camera gear, camera set, now, of course, you've got digital and that's completely cool, but man, if you got somebody a camera with maybe 10, 10 rolls of color film, just make sure you give them and then maybe give them a little, give them a, a gift card for a local area that may send out film or even develop film within your area. Right. Right. That'd be, that would be completely cool. And then make sure to give them, give them the money to have that, you know, that role scanned to a DVD or a CD or whatever. That way they get to really experience it without going too crazy if if you were in if they were interested in maybe hand developing the film there are several several kits out there you can buy the developer you could buy the developer you could buy the daylight tank you can buy uh, and and they can get really started pretty cheaply just to get get into that right right so yeah can you think of anything else we talked about developing we've talked about and that's I don't think anything we've we've talked about would be over. I bet you can get away with pretty much any of these, except for buying a camera for under 50 bucks. What do you think? Probably. And there's only one other thing that I had written down, and that would be a ruler. But because sometimes when you're setting up your alternative processes, you want to have straight lines. You want to have something, you know, your areas uh, set up. Yeah. On your paper. That would be the only other thing. I would say, I mean, everybody should have a ruler, I guess, but it would be nice to, and that could be something you know, nice, getting them just a complete set of kind of office supplies just for cutting paper for cyanotypes or cutting paper for this or cutting paper for that or or drawing lines and some masking tape and uh, you know so maybe that's that's kind of a cool thing as well something that they they don't need to okay well I'm I'm going to do cyanotypes I need to go out in the kitchen and get the scissors and I need to go up to the office and get some rulers pay, you know all kind of paper cutting stuff there's it's just so much cool stuff out there that you can really you can really just build a a kit for someone that would that would be ready to go. It's pretty wild, but yeah, ruler ruler would work. Even some um, masking tape. Masking tape, yeah. That comes in handy to hold down the paper while you paint you paint on your chemicals or whatever. And and maybe if it's someone that's in your household, you know, maybe it's a it's a spouse or maybe if it's a kid, a child. Uh, you know, give them some place to do this stuff. And that, you know, that's, that's one of the biggest things that we, that we run into with, with teaching kids is the parents are like, I don't want them doing this in my house. I don't want them developing film in the bathroom. I don't want them painting cyanotype material in the living room. And, and we've got, we've, we've seen that in our own family. And, you know, the kids, the kids are like, oh, this is really cool. And the parents are like, yeah, no. And, and look, you know, your kid. If your kid can't touch something without, uh, you know, without all four four walls of the of the room being being properly splattered, yeah, maybe not. But you know, nothing is more discouraging than 
trying to get into something and then you're, you know, you kind of getting pushed back and pushed back because kids can tell that. So, so maybe that's, you know, make sure if you're kind of getting them into something, you know, give them the room to grow. Yeah, absolutely. You know, don't, don't spill all the cyanotype chemical on the carpet. Don't spill the big bucket of silver nitrate on the kitchen tile because that will never come up. <laughs> Ask me how I know. <laughs> I wonder. But um but yeah, giving giving people just a place and and the and the emotional support to to get into something, right? Right. If you got into something and and it was uh you know, you you kind of kind of got crap for it from other people or or you don't have the encouragement or enthusiasm, that'll that'll ruin it right there. So maybe maybe the gift is is getting somebody into something new. And saying and it doesn't even need to be photography. Hey, you know, you've you've always wanted to learn how to do this. Now's the time. Or um, here's here's a hundred bucks. I want you to go down to uh, go down to this art art school, and I want you to take this class. I mean, that's and, and most of these classes like that, you they, you know, they've got uh, what is it? They've got the materials fees, so you're basically getting everything anyway, right? And usually they'll they'll give you stuff to take home. At least that's at least that's something we do, right? You know, we we give people the option to take you know take home their their materials as well. It depends. It really depends on what you know what the the aim of the class is. But if it's a if it's a serious uh, class, then then absolutely you know we, the people want to take the stuff home. If it's more of a one hundred and one where hey you get to try this you get to try this or or some of Christine's kids classes okay you know. You're going to make some cyanotypes, you're going to hand color, you're going to make some pinhole cameras, and they take the pinhole cameras home. But, hey, how about those, uh, how about those, so we talked about it a couple episodes ago, the solar cans. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, get them to try those. But six months, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking up the price. Yeah, I don't know why I can't, uh, I guess they don't sell it on this uh, on this site here. Let me find it. Solar can. They're in the UK. I wonder if they've got US offices. But uh, solar can is 16 pounds. I don't know what that that converts over to uh, to American money. But and I don't know if there's anybody that sells them. I'm sure somebody's got to sell solar can here. Right? Probably. Maybe. Let's see if I can find somebody. I see the Kickstarter we talked about. Uh, let's see, Ro- robertscamera.com looks like, uh, yeah, they sell them for 20 bucks. Looks like they sell them for $20. But uh, like, we, like we talked about before, the problem with the solar can, it's got a piece of film in it, got a piece of paper in it, I should say, and it's got a pinhole that you just peel off, but you've got to face this sucker towards the sun, towards uh, an interesting thing, and you're talking several months exposure. Which, hey, by the way, I guess we need to talk about this when we get closer, but the 21st of December is coming up soon. Is it 21st or 22nd? I believe it's, it's the 21st. It's one of those days where the sun, at least for, for us in the northern hemisphere. Yes. it The sun is going to be the lowest point in the sky ever for the year. And you can you can go ahead and set your, your pinhole cameras up and your solargram uh, photos and you can start you can start things, and then by the time you know June comes around, you've you've got you know all those all those lines in the sky that we've talked about several times before. So I'm not going to get too much into it, but that's you know, that's an option. Yes, uh, yeah. it is the twenty first. Twenty first, okay. It's usually the twenty first. I guess every fourth year, it's the twenty second. Make up your mind. Make up your mind, nature. I think leap year has a part to play in that. Stupid leap year. <laughs> Uh, i think that's it i can't i can't really imagine anything else because i don't want to get too crazy i'm not going to say okay well get him a wet plate photography kit or or get him a wood camera with a pets full you know that that's getting expensive unless that you know that's what they want yeah that's not something you just buy any camera person right yeah i think we've covered all the bases Right. Um, what what of of both of these of both of these 
lists, the digital, the digital and the alternative. What, what is your favorite idea on the digital side? Probably the multi-tool. I was going to say the same thing. And really, it, and it's, and this is tough too, because you need to go and say, okay, well, I know I need this Allen wrench for this tripod, or I need, I need this for this camera, or I need this because if you're out somewhere and you need to screw something down or loosen something up, you're, it's a nightmare. A multi-tool is the coolest thing and getting one for each cam. And the thing is, is nine out of the 10 bits that come with a multi-tool, you're not going to use. So it's, it, it takes a while to kind of build one together. So if you know, if you have a spouse that uses kind of the same gear as you do, maybe the thought is, you know, you kind of get yourself one and you kind of get your spouse one, right? So right. you figure out what you, what works the best. And then you both, you build, you build a couple of them so you can put them in your camera bags. That's probably the best way to go. Oh, that's the best. Yeah. That's, that's my favorite for digital because I tell you what, I, I use mine I use mine all the time. I and use mine all the time. And you use yours all the time. It's usually unexpected things too. So right. it's like, oh, but it's dear, unexpected. <laughs> but it's unexpected to the point where if you if you have a tripod, a screw on a tripod leg coming loose and you can't tighten it, you may be out out for the rest of the day. Because if you can't get you know, if you've broken your tripod or you can't get this on or get this off, you you're you may be done. So absolutely. What about uh, what about for the the alternative side? What would your number one be? Paintbrushes. Paintbrushes, really? Um. Well, I already have the chemicals, so I don't have to worry <laughs> about that. I'm talking about uh, what's your favorite thing for someone new, someone starting out? Maybe watercolor paints or like the hand coloring or or uh, colored pencils. My thing would be hand coloring. Well, I mean, it, it depends. It doesn't. It doesn't really matter what what you're using to color. But my favorite as well would be kind of the hand coloring because that's such a, that's the gateway drug, right? That's yeah. the gateway drug for for alternative processes where you can take, where you where you you blow your you blow somebody's mind by saying, okay, well you're doing everything so sterile and methodically and picture perfect by making these photos. Now now turn it black and white, print it out, and then try to hand color it. You're really you're really massaging that artistic spot of somebody's brain by getting them started in that. And maybe, and maybe they, they start thinking film photography or maybe they start thinking of, uh, you know, maybe, maybe transferring their, their photos to wood or to metal or to glass or to glass. I mean, there's so many different ways you can go from there. So that's very good. You got any other ideas? Any other thoughts? No, I think we about covered most of my thoughts. I think we covered my thoughts too. Not like I have many. Well, what do you guys think? And did we did we miss did we miss any any just absolutely perfect gifts for that hard to shop for photographer? Let us know in the comments, and we want to hear from you. So connect us with us on our Facebook group under a red glow, or through email at podcast at underredglow.com and your comments just might make it to a future episode. And as always, a big thank you to everyone for continuing to join us with all the love and support we've received from people liking us on Facebook, subscribing and rating us on your podcast platform of choice, and also a big thank you to our Patreon supporters. Starting at just a buck, you can get our shows early with our supporters only after show, all without ads, and be sure to check out other support tiers which are geared towards bringing you along on our darkroom projects with great rewards. And remember, if you... Join us on our Patreon or on our subscribe dealio on our website by, let's say, uh, let's say the weekend next weekend, the 18th, 19th, 20th, we will send you out a holiday card in addition to your rewards. And inside that holiday card, we are putting one of our five by seven darkroom Sinotype, is it Sinotype, Christine? Yes. Sinotype. Sinotype creations that we are not releasing until probably about spring. I'm not sure, but. It ain't happening anytime soon. So you get something kind of cool and kind of exclusive. All of our links can be found in our show notes and also on www.underredglow.com. And now with episode 21 down, it's been our absolute pleasure spending this time with you. Please be sure to subscribe to Under a Red Glow. And if we've earned your recommendation to other photographers of any, of any skill level or process, we certainly would appreciate you sharing us with them. 
A big thank you to my co-host, Christine Milliker, and of course, everyone for listening. If you are listening on Patreon, stay tuned for the after show. Thanks for tuning in, and we look forward to visiting with you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.